0: Not Quite Darkness is a podcast that contains spoilers, opinions, and general (coughs) listener discussion is advised.
1: once more for another amazing masturbatable episode of not quite darkness my name is keith brooks here with me as always is the man shaking his head at the things i'm saying chad dowdy chad how are you doing i'm
0: good and you're listening to not quite darkness a subsidiary of antonio bay radio and we're gonna be here all night long I did not
1: expect that. That's amazing. I Ooh, that may be the masturbatable part of it. You're ASMR. You're just as good as Catwoman, I think, uh, doing it.
0: Just as good as Marbeau, that's for sure. Yeah. She was awesome.
1: Yeah. Um. And obviously, uh, Rob's not here because we fucking hate him. But what we are here doing... Is We are doing another episode of Not Quite Darkness, the show where we take apart David Weiner, friend of the show's documentary, In Search of Darkness, and we were watching all of the movies. And so today, Chad, what did we watch? Uh,
0: We watched The Fog. Uh, Before before we get into that, as Keith mentioned, uh, David Weiner, uh, if you missed it, you want to check out our prior episode where we actually interviewed uh, Mr. Weiner. Um, It was awesome. We, yeah. you know, we had the director, the reason why we're doing this podcast, he was on the show, it was pretty sweet. And, you know, now we're here to talk about uh, John Carpenter's The Fog.
1: I also feel that we, like, got that reward of getting the director way too soon, way too quickly. You know what I mean? Like, I would figure, like, we'd probably have to do 10, 15 shows. We were like three in and we got them. So it's like the rest of it's just now we just got to watch 9,000 movies. You know what I mean? Like...
0: Yeah, because, you know... <laughs> Prior to that, I said, oh, we might get the director on the show. And you said we might get Michael Caine. So I was right. You were I wrong. Was wrong. Um, but, you know. you know, let's see who, who who we get now. We might get a director, another director of one of these 80s movies we covered. That, that's what I'm yeah. going to say. Absolutely. You know, we'll see. That'd
1: be great. That'd be great. So tell me about The Fog, 1980, John Carpenter, uh, Halloween Light. What are your thoughts about
0: it? Well, I don't know if you're aware, Keith, but it's set uh, in Antonio Bay. Yeah. Because they say it 8,000 times. All the time. On the radio, there's signs that say it. There's banners that say it. Uh, It's pretty clear we're at Antonio Bay.
1: (laughs) Well, the story is in Antonio Bay, but the movie, our actual present time, is on a creepy-ass beach with an old man that has a bunch of kids, and that we never discuss why or never come back to it. This is just what's happening.
0: Well, so we're going to, come back to uh, this a lot when I go over this this movie is going to be more difficult to cover than some of the others because I feel like it jumps around so much without it's like five different narratives going on at once yeah, and it's jumping around but what I did see is that opening scene uh, that you're talking about the campfire ghost story is a reshoot that they added because the movie was too short so that is why it's it's there at the beginning of the movie.
1: It's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard in my fucking life. How does the movie start without that? Like, what happens if we subtract that? What's the first thing we see?
0: Uh, let's see. I'm just looking at my notes. Uh, John Carpenter talking to the priest.
1: Yeah, that's
0: that would be fine. That's a fine
1: way to start the film. I'm like, oh, I I hate that already. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. So, as Keith said, it's a campfire story. You know, he's he's telling the kids. Of the shipwreck uh, that happened, and the, the ship was called the Elizabeth Dane. And when the fog rolls in, dead people, dead men come in with it. So basically, run from the fog. Yeah, that's that's the gist of the ghost story at the beginning. But again,
1: that's the gist of the movie. Uh, We're done. We're yes. done
0: with it. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. it's clearly not needed. And, and we find out throughout the the movie what happened anyway. Yeah. So it it's not needed but again it's there because of the movie was too short they added it and -hmm. you really didn't have to get any of the other actors you know back or whatever so yeah just got the old guy yeah i guess okay so so then then the movie starts proper and john carpenter himself makes a cameo um he's talking to the priest hal holbrook and um i don't remember what they're talking about it's I don't know, the festival, whatever, but John Carpenter leaves and a piece of the church, just the wall just falls off. And he's yeah. basically like, hey, look here, look, I'm, I'm showing you all the stuff. Like you did not even do anything to find it. Like in some of these movies, it's just <laughs> like, we're going to show you. And it's also not like the
1: church is decrepit anywhere else. It's just that one spot in the wall. (laughs) Like that's, even if there was a line of like, man, we really need to fix this place up. That would have been great. (laughs) But no, it's just close the door. And one the middle of the fucking wall just sort of falls away. I don't know.
0: Yeah. And then like, you know, John Carpenter could have even said that. Like he has no purpose in the movie other than he's John Carpenter. He could have said that fixing this place up. The reason why the movie is too short is because uh, they just hand everything to the characters. Then I guess they don't have to look for anything. It's just like, no, I wonder what this movie is going to be about. Well, piece of wall falls out. So Al Holbrook falls, finds a journal from 1880, and it's like his great-grandfather's journal. Uh, you know. And we don't see anything more about that, but that is the story. Same story of the haunted story the guy told at the beginning, but we'll get into that. Um, but as I mentioned, too, uh, Adrian Barbeau is the DJ of this town antonio bay and she we well, just hear it at first and i kind of like that idea of her being like a narrator but then also watching over the town yeah i like that and then again she doesn't really she interacts with people as far as being on the phone but she doesn't really interact with anyone face to face except like you know her son yeah but
1: but but so, still it's such an iconic like whenever I think of DJ characters, I think of her and I think of the Warriors. Those are the two iconic ones I think of. And I think her Not Wolfman Jack. Yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> I think her a like, lot, cause she's Catwoman from the Batman the Animated Series, and she's also in the original Swamp thing. So I've just always had a crush on her, but go ahead.
0: Yeah. Carpenter's wife too, uh, at the time.
1: Damn, these directors and their hot ass wives that I wanna... I'm telling
0: you. Like, yeah, I'd cast her too. Yeah. Listen, she's super hot and uh she i don't know what she's hotter in but i loved her in cannonball run uh she was ridiculously hot in cannonball i've never seen
1: cannonball run like so now i
0: have she's gorgeous she's gorgeous but i will say in this there's moments especially with that voice talking and i'm like she might be hotter in this so yeah yeah, she's gorgeous though there'll be no doubt about it uh as you know we hear her throughout the film um And then now it's getting, it's like midnight in the town. And just, again, this doesn't mean anything. This almost feels like stuff they added to, but whatever. It's, it's midnight and weird stuff is happening in the town and it's stuff like there's a little earthquake and then gas falls off the nozzle and just, just starts guzzling out and um, car lights and horns go off and chairs move around. It's like, you know, again, I guess it's setting the mood that something creepy is going to happen, but it really doesn't have anything to do with ultimately what's going on. Right. Yeah. It's just it's just odd to me. But then we meet horror legend Tom Atkins. He's amazing. I love him and everything, even Halloween 3, which yeah. you love, and it's not even a Halloween movie. People but.
1: days to Halloween, <laughs> Halloween. <laughs>
0: But it's also, like, that's the thing
1: that always stuck out to this movie, uh, about this movie to me, is that it's like the unification of Halloween 3 and 1 and 2, because you got Jamie Lee and him and that statutory-ass relationship that they have. Like,
0: Yeah, you also have uh, one of Jamie Lee's friends from Halloween's in this as well.
1: And her mom. So, like, it's just everybody yeah. Jamie Lee knows.
0: Yeah, John Carpenter's getting everybody in. Yeah, And uh, don't forget about Brackett. We'll get to him. Yeah, Chief Brackett. It's like, <laughs> everybody's in it. So Tom Mack is driving down the road, and he picks up, as you mentioned, horror legend Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about this before in the eighties. You can tell it's an eighties movie. Hitchhiking, there's hitchhiking. It's completely normal, and then he's drinking and driving. <laughs> it's, it's completely normal for yeah. the eighties. That, mm-hmm. That's your that's your hero of the film. <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to tell you that's your hero. And then I tell you what I did like though is where she asks him. Uh, are you weird? Are yeah. you not strange? Yeah, are you weird or something? Weird? And he's like, yes, I am. And she was like, thank, thank God. Thank God. The last <laughs> one was such
1: a normie. <laughs>
0: yeah, and I kind of thought that, uh, uh, I'm going to get this off. I'd saw this a long time ago hmm. and I'd kind of forgot a little about it. I thought it was pirates. So I was going to wear an eye patch. But then when I was watching the movie, I was like, oh yeah, it's not really pirates. So but it always... I didn't feel it would work.
1: Yeah, but I think they are, and one of the things they skip over uh, when the embodiment of them they they are lepers, so you could have worn an right. eye patch, but just because your eyes were falling out, you know what I mean. So that could have been right. the
0: thing. So instead, I just wore the uh, MGM shirt because oh, because it, it was it was released. MGM released it on uh, Blu-ray at some point, oh, okay. so there is a link there. Yeah, <laughs> it's,
1: but <I> like that <laughs> tangential, thin as the fog itself link. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: well i didn't have anything on the freaking fog for crying out loud <laughs> although they do have an awesome shirt that i almost ordered uh it's just a deborah hill production that's what it says oh, in the that's fog. awesome uh, that's that's pretty dope so i might have that for the future for mm-hmm. sure um but i remember the first time i watched this i thought that something weird was going on because jamie lee curtis was saying something like to tom atkins well I've never and then she started talking about the other hitchhiker she was with and he was like, I thought you said you never hitchhiked before. And she was like, well, not before today or not before this week or something. And I was like, oh, is she like lying to him or something? This is, you yeah. know, she already got caught in a light, but again, like, it means nothing, But you know. But I think it,
1: it's like a good, like, I, I agree. That's always been a weird to me, but I honestly think that some of the better moments of this movie, and I do like the movie, but I think that interplay, that dialogue that they have is so like Jamie Lee is playing a very different character than Laurie Strode where Laurie Strode is the, I'm the good girl. This girl's like, she's probably going to steal your wallet. Well, after you have sex with her, you know what I mean? Like she's down for
0: anything. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And and I do like the flirtation they have there, you know, they've got going a little bit, but I just, I just I mean like in horror movies, a lot of times stuff like that means something. Yeah. It means like, you know, they've caught you in a lie. And if the audience isn't really paying attention, you don't really realize it that's going to come back later where she was lying the whole time but it, but it's fine it didn't come back but so they start to, to flirt then his windows blow out uh, you know of the car which is super weird that just doesn't like happen yeah you know but whatever so then we again we're going to be cutting around all over the place wherever so now we got barbo broadcasting from the lighthouse um and from halloween uh chief bracket gives her a call. He's like the weather guy, and he's telling her about a fog bank that's coming in so that she can tell her listeners. Um, so, you know, she's talking about that. And then, we, then we're out at sea, and there is a ship that uh, is just out there fishing. Just a couple guys, drunk, fishing, what have you. Um, and the fog rolls in on them. And the fog rolls in, the ship just kind of just dies. Yeah nothing's working and and some of them are down in the bowels of the ship trying to figure out you know what's wrong with the ship but but one of the guy who's out on the deck he sees this huge ship coming through the fog it looks like you know a pirate ship basically it's kind of what it looks like an old-timey old-timey ship but it's it's the bad guys you know they come out of the fog um uh, and really they just they kill all three of the dudes yeah. in, in the boat and uh It's it's kind of cool deaths too. I thought they were they were brutal. Uh I didn't remember the first time I watched this a while ago, you know, the deaths being that brutal. It wasn't bloody, but it was like brutal. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It is very like visceral. But then I also love and I love that aspect of it. I also love, and this is a, a little bit ahead, but the 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 whole it looks like they've been underwater for years. The, the boat has now rusted and it like the age and the time has come with the fog. I think that's the coolest shit in the world.
0: That That is a super cool concept, you know, that they play with not quite enough. If you ask me, but yeah, they play with scary. it a little bit. Yeah. But so um, back to bracket and Bardo talking and bracket is flirting like crazy as like, he could ever get a girl like her. I mean, <laughs> come on. He's chief bracket for crying out loud. Now, Keith, um, I, I love this interplay between the two of them, too, though, you know, as far as uh, she, she's like, she likes him, but she's like, yeah, you know, it's not going to work. You're just, you're, I love your voice. Uh, yeah. yeah. When I say you, it's not going to work. So I kind of like that or whatever. And, but but this fog is different from normal weather patterns in the fact that it's moving against the wind, yeah. you know, so, whoa, you know, that's creepy or whatever. <laughs> then we cut to <laughs> Tom Atkins, Jamie Lee, they're in bed together. Already like, and again, we are what four for four with uh age differential. That you yeah. know, he is I looked it up, he is uh 45, which he looks older than that, but he's 45, yeah. he's 22. Now, I don't know what ages they're playing, but it's it seems to be a significant age difference. It's
1: troublesome to say the least, yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: so she, I'm she was that asking a for a ride later.
1: but she wasn't asking for that type of ride you know what well, i
0: mean she asked for a ride and he immediately offered her a beer as he's driving so yeah. <laughs> so you know yeah they're in bed together uh, and then there's like a knock at his door um and they look, they look kind of cool and creepy like the fog rolls in yeah. and you see like a silhouette at his door and it's clearly one of the killers because they're either hitting the door with a meat hook or something or a sword or something like that. But as uh, Atkins goes to open the door, it's right at one o'clock and the fog disappears. And so no one's there. So we're kind of establishing, you know, weird shit's going on from midnight to one o'clock. Yeah. So th- that's a fine concept. And I, and yeah. I kind of like the idea too of if you were to figure that out, we just have to make it to one o'clock. You know, I, I kind of like that. That aspect of it too. Um, again, I don't. I don't feel that they they really play with it uh, at all. A lot, no. Because uh, it's condensed. This movie's condensed. Like you know, there's not another really. You know, the fog rolls in again, and we're at it again. There's nothing to do with the one o'clock uh, thing. So now it's the next day, and uh, Barbo's son is playing out on the beach, and he finds a piece of driftwood that has the, the part of the ship's name on it, the Elizabeth Dane. And, you know, he takes it and he, he shows it to his mom. And this is, again, we're going to be cutting back and forth. So, Tom Atkins, apparently those were his buddies uh, out on the boat. And I can't remember, was, it he spo- was he supposed to meet them and go out with them? Or, or they were supposed to bring just, something back
1: to him or something? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: There was some reason that he was like, why are they not back? So, again, he goes to the docks. Jamie Lee's with him. And they're not back, so he's he's gonna take a boat out uh, to look for his buddies. And and she's game. She's yeah. like, I can go to California anytime. Let's see what's going on or whatever. So, <laughs> yeah. So they go out on the boat, and then now we're introduced to more characters that have nothing to do with anybody else. Horror legend Janet Lee, Jamie mm-hmm. Lee's mom. You know, uh, she is putting on a Antonio Bay festival with sandy also from halloween i love yeah. i love her from halloween she's yeah, awesome me too. but so they're putting on a festival um for no reason whatever. well
1: i think it's the isn't it the the hundred years of the ship uh, going down
0: yeah but i mean like we oh. don't really see anything with the festival i mean i get that i mean we do just a little bit but it doesn't play into it other than the fact that that it, I guess that's our way of telling everybody it's the hundred year anniversary or whatever. And it but, seems like
1: a lame ass festival to begin with. It's like not a lot of stuff going on there. Just nothing's happening. Yeah, listening they're, they're to old showing, guys like, talk. Like, yeah.
0: People walking around with the candles, like looking at a statue or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just we'll get to this when we talk about overall. But I just feel like there's too much going on in this movie, and then not enough. It is not focused, and and that that's the problem that I have, you know, with this movie. So I feel like this description of what we're talking about, it's not focused because it's not Atkins <laughs> finds his buddies on the boat at the same time, uh, Janet Lee's talking to, uh, the father from, from earlier, uh, Hal Holbrook. And he is talking about the journal and he's telling her what he's read in the journal and his great grandfather. Uh, it was a leper colony was wanting to settle there, as you said, and you know, his, his great-grandfather didn't want any of that. So they devised the plan from 12 to 1. That's where the 12 to 1 comes from, to uh, kill the lepers and take their money. And that's there's six of them, which becomes important as well, which... Uh,
1: becomes semi-important. I, I, I say imp- important's an exaggeration. What, yeah.
0: Yes, exactly. Uh, and then... Atkins is looking for his friends. They're on the boat. And it's what you're saying. The boat looks like it's, you know, old as can be. And Tom Atkins saw it two days ago. He's like, there's no way that the, the seawater could have done this, you know, in this amount of time. And then he starts telling his story, trying to compete with the Jaw story from the USS Indianapolis. And hmm. I'm going to be honest with you, I don't even remember what the story is. I don't I was either. Like, like
1: As you were saying that, I'm like, oh, I guess he did. You know, but.
0: Yeah, you can't compete with that from Jaws. Come
1: oh, on, Oh, it's, it's about his dad getting a gold doubloon or something like that. Like, yeah, something, I don't
0: know. Yeah. And then uh, one of the dead guys falls on Jamie Lee while he's telling the story, or right after he finishes the story. So now they find, you know, their dead, dead friends. Then we go back to the father. He's telling the story as he's reading the book. What they did was they tricked the ship with the lighthouse or something to make it uh go into the rocks and just crash or whatever and, mm-hmm. and down the ship so now this town has been founded on murders. that that's what they've discovered you know that's basically what the journal says the town's been founded on murders, and the lepers are coming back now they're going to be in the fog you know so we've got the story which is Again, similar to what the old guy was saying at the very beginning. But now we just have some details or whatever. Uh-huh. So now we're back to Barbo. She's going back to the lighthouse. And if you thought Crazy Ralph's bike ride from Friday the 13th was long, <laughs> you get to see her take down every single step going down to that lighthouse. It's a cool shot. Don't get me wrong. Right, I mean, it's, it's beautiful. I think but it picks off
1: to... later when we see the mit- the fog. I almost said the mist, but that's a very different Phenomenal thing. Uh, but as we see the fog coming <laughs> down the steps itself, like repeating it, I think that's a cool, that's the payoff for that for me. But I also, you can keep the camera on Adrian Barbeau as long as you want. I imagine that's John Carpenter going, Look at my pretty wife. Look at her. Look how pretty she is.
0: Possibly. But she is much hotter than Crazy Ralph. So, you know, off. and to each their own. There's, there is uh, several <laughs> slow parts in this movie. I feel like this is one of them because, again, she's walking down she gets into the lighthouse she walks up the stairs of the lighthouse we're seeing her get the radio station ready she's like mm-hmm. turning everything on getting it ready to go and I'm like let's get to the point here oh my gosh I fucking hate and, that
1: tape she's playing oh my god I hate it so much
0: yeah you know at the beginning when i uh did the whole thing and I said we'll be here all night that's when you should plug in some uh public domain jazz music because that's about <laughs> all they played at this radio station It's like she's like is that really what this town is listening to yeah. it's the only radio station in the whole town and it it's jazz music Ugh, i'd shoot myself i can't stand jazz music by the way <laughs> i feel like you're cultured and you'll be like oh i love i love jazz music
1: i love jazz i do love yeah jazz of presence.
0: course <laughs> 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 so as she's getting you know getting the studio ready or whatever the 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 piece of she has the piece of driftwood with her not sure why she took it with her, but know, uh, it starts uh, uh wetting itself it starts leaking I guess uh all over everything and then it catches on fire, which is. Kind of weird as well,
1: but not like just like a casual fire, like a fucking firework fire as the water from it. So it's simultaneously multiple Captain Planeteers, but it's fucking up the tape that she's listening to. And this is the part like there's some fine stuff in the movie before then. But this is like the part where I'm like, okay, the movie started now. Like, that's what I think of when I see this part of it. But go ahead.
0: Yeah, because. She doesn't know everything that we know, Uh -uh. but she knows there's a weird fog or whatever. But she doesn't know anything's going on, really. But she immediately calls her son and is like, where'd you get that piece of wood? Don't leave the house. Like, (laughs) she is terrified all of a sudden. Like, I feel like you bring a piece of wood in and it's possible that it was wet. It touched some of the electrical stuff and it started to fire. That's not the craziest thing in the world. At all. At all. But she immediately leaps to, I've got to protect my son at all costs or whatever. But I'm not going to
1: leave here (laughs) to go get him. Thank God he's there with that 197-year-old babysitter I hired for him. (laughs) Exactly.
0: I mean, the town needs jazz music, Keith. Like, what are they going to do without this jazz music? I mean, she's a single mom, business owner, because I think Mm. there's a newspaper article that she bought it. So, I mean, everything is riding on this radio station, Keith. She, She can't leave it for her son. I agree. I agree. (laughs) Again, it's just all over the place, this movie. So now we cut to the coroner's office, and it's Jamie Lee and Tom Atkins talking to the coroner. The dead body's right there, and they're talking about it, and Tom Atkins in the coroner goes out, and they talk about what you said as far as the body looks like it's been pulled out of the river from, you know, it's been in there for a year or something. Yeah. And this, to me, the shot of Jamie Lee in the corner, uh, the morgue, whatever you want to call it, is straight out of right. Halloween. Again, Absolutely. it's James Carpenter, John Carpenter. Yeah. It's you know, Jamie Lee Curtis, but she's not looking at the body, and the body starts to move in the background. Yeah, I mean, just like close to the end of Halloween with Michael raising up. I mean, I mean he's copying his own stuff, which is fine, but yeah. you know, it, it's straight out of Halloween. So the body gets up, though. And it just falls right before it gets to Jamie Lee. She screams and they run in. I'm out. This is the craziest thing you've ever seen. This, this body that looks like it's, you know, been in the ocean or whatever for a month is clearly dead, gets up and stumbles to you. And there's they don't even act that too crazed about it.
1: There's no I mean, like yeah. scene where they're trying to figure out what happened, why it did it.
0: Nothing, nothing. No, no. And even like he just holds her when she screams, which which again, that might be the natural thing to do. But like, there needs to be more than that for sure. Yeah. This isn't just a random person that came up and tried to attack you and then passed out. This is someone that has been dead, clearly dead, and is now walking up. So I'm gonna do what I do with a lot of times, Keith. If I was in this movie. I'm out now. If I'm Jamie Lee Curtis, for sure. Hitch, I'm hitchhiking my way out of California. I, I'm not curious of what's going on. I'm out. What about you?
1: Uh, I, I honestly think you would have been out uh, when the Jazz started playing. But for me, if I was Jamie Lee Curtis and I was hitchhiking, I would have been out when uh, Atkins tried to fuck me. Would, that, that's the part I would have been done. That would have been like, sorry, what? No, I just needed a ride. And then I would be, That's that's when I'm out of the movie. <laughs>
0: yeah maybe when uh i said are you weird and he says yeah i'm definitely weird i'd be like oh no thanks. I, like I like the normies <laughs> but literally they like you said they don't do anything with this this is the craziest thing that I've, you've ever seen in your entire life it's something that's never happened in the history of the world as far as anyone knows yeah. and they don't even talk about it mm-hmm. they don't even address it it's wild so now the fog rolls in Again, we got three separate stories going on, you know, on not really linked, really. Bracket, Chief Bracket calls about the fog again. Um, but this time the fog is approaching the weather station that Bracket is at. And because uh, Barbeau's almost got this all figured out, she's freaking out that the fog's rolling in to Chief Brackets. And she tells him, don't answer the door or something like that. Uh, stay away from the fog because now the power's out, and she. It rem- also reminiscent of Halloween, with Jamie Lee hearing her friend die on the phone. Now Barbeau hears Bracket die on I, on the phone.
1: I will say that I love the dichotomy between the two conversations they have on the phone because i agree with you i like the first conversation they have when they're kind of flirtatious that's great but then in the second conversation i fucking hate him because every five seconds he's like little girl listen little honey listen little missy and just calling her all these pejorative like little names like listen little vagina like (laughs) why the fuck are you doing that man (laughs) yeah, so that's my thought. About well, it. that's
0: because she she basically turned him down in the first call at the end. She was like, Oh yeah, you're the man of my dreams on the phone, but if we met in person, forget about it. So right. now he's just like, Oh, she's a tease, forget about her. I hate her. Can't stand fragile
1: her. male ego. What the hell?
0: Yep, that's exactly right. I mean, <laughs> we'd all know about that, right, Keith? <laughs> 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 so <laughs> bracket's dead now. She tries to call the sheriff. Who has, you know, like two scenes in this entire movie and he disappears, you know, which is odd. But I love well. the fact
1: she calls the sheriff over the radio, like not like the radio, but the radio, radio. <laughs> like that's how she gets in touch with him. And she has a phone. So I, it's, it's, in her, yeah, go ahead.
0: That's how she gets in touch with everyone is through the radio. And apparently everyone listens to the radio in this town. So she's got to be doing fine.
1: See, a lot of people like jazz. See, it's not just me.
0: <laughs> or it's just cheap to get it for a movie. Maybe yeah, that's guess, it. Yeah. So as she's talking to the sheriff, the power goes out in the town. Um, and Barbo sees like the fog approaching the town, uh, the pl- the place where her son is. And she's freaking out. And at first I was like, what is she even doing? Because she can clearly see, that the fog is going to where her son is.
1: Yeah.
0: And she's scared of what might happen to her son. So she's trying to start the generator up. And I'm like, what is she trying to do to start the generator up? Why is she not just going to try to save her son? But I guess it's, it's too many steps that that's why we had to show that earlier. She's like, I'm never going to make it in time. There's like 5,000 steps after rundown just to get in my car. So, So I guess that's what it is. But so she gets the generator started and boom she's on the radio like screaming somebody go say my son please somebody go say my son he's at whatever address because again everybody listens to the radio tom atkins he's listening to the radio so he's gonna go and try to save the son and uh unlike uh halloween in this one they actually do kill the babysitter mm-hmm. but like you said she's 100 years old yeah she doesn't make it out uh everybody just again freaks out for no reason a lot of the times like i mean the fog is rolling in and the babysitter's like go to your room and stay there stay out of your room i mean like don't ever come out of here or whatever it's like i mean yeah fog is like creepy but like you you know where you live fog's yeah. gonna be kind of a normal occurrence i would guess
1: but but to be fair it is a thick ass thaw- uh, fog um like that's coming through there so thick it should be called a fog that's what it should be called <laughs> i also like her death scene because it happens it's, it's so interesting because it's as soon as the boy is closing the door that's when she gets got you know what i mean and that timing on that is just awesome i love that
0: yeah it is cool because he doesn't like see, see it, exactly yeah. you know everything so it is like i said i do like how uh she died in that but but also like how the bad guys look in the fog when they're Me in too. the fog they look super cool awesome yeah when they're out of the fog uh maybe not <laughs> so much but in the fog i, I dig them a lot <laughs> or whatever so um so the kid's just scared hiding in his room and the bad guys are in the house or a right bad to bust through the door to get the kid and Tom Atkins busts through the kid's window and pulls the kid out. Mm-hmm. And they jump in the car. It's Tom Atkins, Jamie Lee Curtis, and the kid now. And they they blast away. They they get away from the fog. Now, uh, what I really like, this is probably my favorite part of the whole film, is Barbot's on the radio, and she's explaining where the fog is to yeah. everyone and how to stay away from it and stuff. And the music is perfect. It's like super creepy. And I, I think that it works really well where she's like, now it's rolling up, you know, Highway 7, stay clear of something, something church road or something like that. You know, I thought that was pretty cool. And then we've got, you know, Atkins and them. And then she tells them that, you know, it looks like it's safe if you head to the church. So Atkins, Jamie Lee head to the church. So does Janet Lee and uh, Sandy. They also head to the church. So finally, the exceptional Barbo. They're all together, and I didn't mention before. At one point, they're like in a bar together. Uh, all the characters—they don't even talk to each other. Like, mm. they, they don't even know each other. It, it's just—it's just weird. So finally, they come together at the church, and the the father uh, Malone Hal Holbrook, he thinks he's got it all figured out. Like, this is clearly the issue, and so. This is, this is definitely where it gets kind of weird as far as what uh, Father Holbrook, Father Holbrook, Father Malone, <laughs> uh, thinks. He's like, yeah, we, our ancestors did this or what have you. We did it from 12 to 1, but they have to have six deaths to, to appease them because there were six conspirators that, you know, conspired to, to get them killed. So how do they know that there's only been five deaths because the fog has been rolling around through town. Yeah. You have no idea who has been killed or who hasn't been killed. Because the,
1: I, I, even having watched the movie, I'm trying to count the deaths because I, I, how many
0: were on the boat? Four, three, three on the boat,
1: old babysitter. And then you've
0: got the babysitter and there was one more, uh, oh, bracket. Bracket. Chief bracket okay yeah so so that's five but again they don't know about bracket
1: also they, they it's a weird way to look at that and just guess that those are the rules you know what i mean yes it would be me exactly. like me saying well when the native american spirits rise they have to kill 1776 people named james <laughs> like what <Exactly.
0: laughs> and they've killed already 1002 <laughs> so
1: like they know everything i I feel it
0: yeah yeah it's just wild like i i'm not a fan of movies when they figure stuff out that easily or whatever Uh so now both places are under siege as far as the church where all the characters are and even the lighthouse where barbeau is so um so how holbrook Knows what they want on top of, on top. Yeah, he's figured this out too. He's like, Oh, they also want the gold we stole from them. So he busts out that wall more, and there's a giant gold cross, huge fucking golden cross. I might have missed it. Did they like, they wanted to steal their gold? Did they, uh, take it and turn it into a cross? That's what happened, right?
1: That's literally what he's saying as he's handing it to them. He's like, uh, we took this in 1774 and made a cross out of it. Here you go, I guess. (laughs) Exactly. Getting those story points in as quickly as possible.
0: (laughs) The other thing is, like, seriously, if you're going to steal gold from somebody, that's what you're going to do with it? You're going to turn it across and hide it in the wall? Well, but I think it's uh,
1: because that's one of the confessions is that the The grandfather, who's the priest, um, says something to the effect of "They're looking for the thief and their gold," because he's talking about the other conspirators. But they don't realize I'm the thief, and the gold is in the walls of this church, or something like that. And then they he figures out it's the cross. Um, It's dumb. It's dumb.
0: (laughs) It is dumb. (laughs) But again, how Holbrook's like that's definitely what they want. They want me, and they want the cross. I'm going to go give it to them, (laughs) and so. Meanwhile, Bobro's being attacked at the top of the lighthouse. Uh, That was pretty cool. I thought how um, one was coming up the ladder and one was already up there. That was kind of creepy with her. Um, But so Hal Holbrook, they come out of the fog again. They don't look as cool because now they're out of the fog a little bit. He gives them the cross and they kind of just blow up and disappear. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You I, nailed it, dude. We just wanted our gold cross. I, I think see they're a
1: bit confused about it. they're like, seriously, this is what you fucking did to it.
0: This, this <laughs> yeah. is that's what uh, it is. They had to get the cross and then regroup because spoiler yeah. alert, they come back.
1: They're like, oh, uh, what do we <laughs> we're gonna go talk to our boss real quick and we'll let you know. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so they just disappear, the fog recedes, everyone survives. Um, and then you know, which I think this is culture. I wish it would have been like creepier and saw more fog, but Barbo gets back on the radio and she's telling ships to like, you know, watch out for the fog. Cause there's something in the fog and you know, no. you might die if, if you get in the fog or whatever. I, I thought that was cool. And I actually thought that would have been like a cool ending. If it was a little better executed. Yeah. But I do but, think
1: it it is a really well executed, but could have been a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely agree.
0: So then we, you know, again, we cut back to, Father Maloney's by himself at the church. And you're right. The the dudes went back. They talked to their boss, and he was like, I don't care about this fucking cross. We need our sixth guy. What are you doing? Don't you know the rules? I got to kill six people.
1: I can see the dead pirate guy be like, You what? You took what from him? Why the fuck? We're ghosts. Why do we need gold?
0: (laughs) How many times? Six people. Six people. Do I need to count them for you? We got to kill six. And you only killed five. Dumbasses, go back there and get my six kill. <laughs> <And> so, Holbrook's <laughs> like wondering why was I spared. Well, guess what? You're not. Dude shows up, slashes him, kills him. End of the movie.
1: Yeah. hmm
0: uh, I mean, this movie yeah. is not terrible. I know. No. I kind of whatever. It, it, it's creepy in parts. You know, my letterbox review would be two point five um, oh, out of five. But you know, a lot of it. It's just it's just all over the place. I, I, I almost feel like that they rushed it into production or something because again, it was it was too short, and he had to go back and shoot some stuff. and then it's like three different stories that don't connect at all. like if if Janet Lee would have had more to do with the church or Tom Atkins, like if everybody was linked to the church somehow or something, it's just like, they don't have any, any reason to be together, you know, it, and it, it kind of shows. It, so I was not a fan really overall of the story. I like the idea, mm-hmm. uh, but not a fan of how it jumped around as far I, as that
1: goes. I like the way that they, I, I like the idea of the concept. I hate the fact that we have a narrative, uh, you know, device that we're using that we don't come back to. I I, I like the way they look in and out of the fog. I do agree that it feels a little jumbled because so much stuff is happening. Um, and, and it just feels like some of the execution of that doesn't have enough time to breathe or enough time to evolve. Um, And then some things we take too much time on. And to me, it always feels inferior to Halloween because the score feels like it's trying to do what Halloween did, but never gets it as well as Halloween does, that it doesn't, I don't know, I, I guess the score to me invokes more Halloween feelings than it does Seaside, if that makes any sense.
0: Um, definitely. And, and again, the creepiest part that I was talking about is when they're driving through the town and she's talking about, yeah. uh, you know, which way to go. And the music there was awesome, but it was yeah. definitely like Halloween-esque yeah. music, you know?
1: Yeah. and and, and so the, And so there's some parts of it I like a lot. And then there's some parts where I just wish it was again to me the movie doesn't really kick off until that board blows up and it's not just because of the spectacle but but it's just because it feels like it just drags before we get there yeah there's nothing that's really pulling me into these characters and it feels almost like he's trying to do this look at all these different characters that have such intricate lives and and now we're going to see them as they explode together but there's nothing so intricate about Janet Lee that makes me super interested in a character other than the stunt casting aspect of it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. But if you would have given her some other because there is something innately interesting about Adrian Barbeau and her son being separated right now. There's something interesting about this old guy fucking this young hitchhiker for some fucking reason. She's cool with it. Like all of that has some compelling aspect to it. And they're each having their own sort of investigation gently doesn't but yet that's our third thing why um so i don't know that's just my thoughts on it
0: now did you see uh the remake of the fog with tom welling
1: i did but it's been so long since i've seen it i remember not liking it um same
0: that's all i remember is yeah. that i didn't like it yeah that's all so i, I couldn't even tell you if it was like a similar story i mean i know it's a fog it's a town or whatever but yeah. i really don't remember anything about it but, but I know I didn't like it, but I just feel like they probably would have fixed a little bit of the story problems in this, but maybe not. I no would I...
1: imagine. Yeah, I, I I don't know. And I like Superman. Superman's good and stuff. I found out that there are three lakes in the world that this, I'm going to say, can actually happen from. Not really actually happen, but kind of happen. So there's one case in Cameroon uh, of a place called Lake Nyos. And it has something called a limnic mist or a limnic eruption mist that comes from it. And it's this gaseous mag a magma that turns into gas that c- swipes through as a fog and comes through and just kills everything in its path. And so there was a slaughter that happened in like the 1970s when it had one of those eruptions and just wiped out an entire town, all of the livestock. And it was just this mist coming through. Wow. In- isn't that fucking terrifying and so there's three lakes in the world that have the potential to do that we've we've solved it for two of those lake niles being one and the third one is too big for us to handle because it's just a ginormous lake so we haven't figured out a way to keep that from happening there it just hasn't happened in a long time isn't that fucking insane
0: that is insane and i feel like based on these horror movies that we watch how you never leave i wouldn't be surprised if you're living near that lake by the time the next time we record Absolutely. <laughs> you never run away from something scary. You're I I like, was out oh, like the rates are pretty good.
1: Oh, that's <laughs> true. I was out in 15 minutes on this one because some guy was putting <laughs> the moves on me. So um, but that brings me to OK, so if if I was redoing this, if I was redoing the fog for today. Uh, I would do it as a television show, as like a mini series, limited series event. Thus, giving all of those stories a little bit of time to breathe, and then also finding ways to interconnect them a little bit more. Work on that investigation, and so I have three people that I have cast uh, in my version. I don't have all of them because I always forget to do that.
0: Um, I just have three as well.
1: Uh, so I would have my Adrian Barbeau character would be Julie Bowen. But I would have her be going to work with a broken leg. So she's in a giant fucking cast, thus explaining why she's trapped there. She can't really get to her son, all that stuff. Um, uh, for my Tom Adkins character, I would have Sterling K. Brown, and I would still have him have an inappropriate relationship with a younger girl. I would keep it <laughs> just so, like, there's this, all this seedy stuff going on in the town. We have a lot more drama. And then for my third, for my priest, I would have Lee Schreiber. Um,
0: oh, that's a good one. I like that.
1: And so that's that would be my casting for like a a six to eight episode series of The Fog.
0: So I didn't do a one page synopsis or anything like you did, but uh also I, I would
1: have the fog give people leprosy when they're caught in it, and I would kill oh, yeah. a shit ton more Perfect.
0: People. That'd be awesome. Yep. Yeah. And then there'd have to be like what fifty eight conspirators then if you're gonna kill a shit ton of people.
1: I Say fuck that conspirators thing. I'm just killing everyone.
0: That's just... The town was founded by 58 different people, so yeah. that's how you get that number, Keith. Jeez yeah. Louise. So uh Barbo, I would cast. Uh, I cast her last last episode, but it's because I feel like it's perfect. Scarlett Johansson is Barbo, just because she has the sultry voice. That voice would be perfect. Barbo has. She's yeah. gorgeous, just like Barbo. I, I, she's. I think she's. She'd be perfect yeah. in that role. Um, as far as uh the tom atkins character i guess winston duke um, yeah he's like badass uh he'd be super cool and then i cast jamie lee's character not age inappropriate but uh feisty uh Mackenzie davis is who i cast Great. as the jamie lee i feel like again i would make her more feisty you know, have her more to do jamie lee curtis is really just in this movie she doesn't do anything yeah um but if it was McKenzie Davis, McKenzie Davis would be getting shit done. I'll tell you that.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, okay. Uh, my letterbox for it was, I think, three and a half stars. Do you feel it is an important inclusion in this? It's a must-see for horror fans?
0: I don't think so. I mean, again, I would say if you are a John Carpenter guy, definitely check it out. It you yeah. know It's the John Carpenter music it's got a lot of John Carpenter players in this in this so it has horror legends in it as far as that goes uh but if we're putting it up in the pantheon of 80s horror films i don't even know when i would think of this one if i was listing them all because yeah. it's
1: just eh. it's it's interesting to see carpenter do a like a straight up ghost story cuz that's what this is but it is lower on and it's not that i don't like it i just don't like it as much as I like Halloween, that's always going to be the comparison because Halloween right. is such an iconic film. Edgar Allan Poe wrote the Raven, and I'm sure he also wrote something like the Canary, but the Raven's the big one that we remember. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so that's sort of the the thing for me. Uh, what are we uh, What are we watching next time?
0: So next is Stanley Kubrick's The Shining.
1: Oh, my God, big guns coming out. Okay, okay. And also problematic directions and stuff like that. But that's fine. Totally fine. We're, we're going to watch that. Uh, well, I can't wait. Uh, so, Chad, in the meantime, where can people find you?
0: They can find me on Twitter, NQC Podcast. Also on Instagram, NQC Podcast. Come and say hi.
1: I don't like that. I don't like it as much <laughs> as I thought I would. And if <laughs> if you're looking uh, for me, you can find me somewhere in the not quite darkness, Michael
0: Case. <laughs>